0: Fellow tennis nerds, today I'm here with another tennis nerd, so you gearheads, I think you will enjoy this one, we have Beckett from Tencom, I'm sure you're following this channel, uh, very likely, Uh, I know that most of you are following many, many tennis channels, and I think that's great, you get different opinions, and that's what we're going to get into today, uh, talk about uh, his tennis background, and then obviously a lot of racket and string talk and whatnot, he has a very good setup for his rackets in the
1: back, but first of all, how are you today, man? i'm awesome jonas thank you so much for having me on um how are you i'm pretty good i'm pretty good my
0: uncle is a little bit of a in a health situation so that's a little bit of a downer but oh. besides that i'm i'm healthy i've been to the gym i didn't play tennis today but tomorrow i have something booked so overall pretty good
1: yeah i get all antsy when i don't get to play tennis every day in the row. It's crazy
0: yeah it's funny how how that addiction is so powerful like the tennis addiction it's like once you get into it and you start playing quite, I mean, like three, four, five times a week, then it's, it's like you can't be without it. Like three days passes, no tennis because of rain or whatever. It, then you're like, oh, it's like a crack addict, right? Like, what what is happening?
1: You know, it's <laughs> what's well, my life. We about? just play in the rain because, like, Vancouver, we're on the ocean. It's rains. It feels like it rains 300 days a year here. It's not true, but we just play on this like unfinished asphalt court. It's super slippery. The balls get super heavy, but. It's so hard to get courts here. All the all the indoor clubs in um, Vancouver have like 10 year waiting lists, or it will be like a oh, hundred thousand dollar buy in to um, get on the list. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I didn't know it was like that. Like, I mean, t- tennis is doing well in Canada, right? So, like, that's the feeling yeah. with like your Gerald is him. You have Chapo, Raonic before that.
1: Uh, so, it's tennis is, is doing good, but maybe too good because they, now the, all the courts are booked. Up. Yeah, well, we have we have this whole population problem where um, the there even though there seems like there's so much space, like it's such a big country, the urban centers are filling up quite quickly. So there's like hardly any places to rent or buy a home, and we're seeing that with the tennis courts too. Like once it gets into summer. It's tough to be on a public court for more than 30, 45 minutes before someone else is ready for their turn.
0: Yeah, I don't I, that's why my when I lived in Stockholm, like I've been living abroad for for many years, but then I, we did nine months, me, and my wife and, and kid in Stockholm some years back, like five, six years back. and then um, like I remember like you have to start playing at seven in the morning. It was very, very expensive. And at 7.55, when you're starting to groove a little bit and starting to feel the, the mm-hmm. ball, you know, then someone is just lurking outside, like, you know, <laughs> some dirty man. And he's like, Oh, I need to get on the court. Like, oh, no, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just like 20 minutes more. But there's no chance, right? Yeah. That's yeah, funny how that works. So tell me about your story with gear. Like, I mean, we can get into the, your tennis background as well. But like how, I mean, you know a lot about gear you've been obsessing with about gear like me for many years. Uh, yeah. But where did it start and how did this addiction <laughs>
1: started? Uh, like my tennis warehouse user form account is quite old. Like it might be 10, 15 years old. So I'm, I'm 27 now. So I got into it when I was a kid. I've always like, like I love cars. Um, I like dumb like products and stuff. So I get super into them um and i as a junior my dad's was, i wanted a new racket or something my dad's like why don't you just try adding some lead tape so that was when i started reading the form for the first time trying to figure out what i'm supposed to do so i added those like pete sampras h strips they used to have to my drive z light which is like a 255 gram racket um and that's kind of really where it started and then i'm have always played tennis, because my, my dad was a great player. Um, so we would play together. And when I was in my halfway through university, I was looking for a part-time job. The tennis store was hiring. I wasn't playing a ton of tennis at this time. Um, but as soon as I started working at the shop, it was like kid in a candy store, going back on the forums, learning about poly poly hybrids all that stuff that's like super super granular but it's really fun um just to get a handle on everyone else's passion i think yeah
0: i think it's i mean like when you are in a passion like this like it's quite nerdy from from the outside i know when i'm talking to average person who's not playing tennis or maybe playing tennis like once a week or once a month or whatever uh, they're not into gear they they look at you like a crazy yeah. person you rock up with your bag and your tripod and you like there's eight different rackets like who is this this is insanity <laughs> like would anyone care about this is, is there any difference most people don't have any idea that there's a difference between rackets they think it's just like different colors <laughs> you know <laughs> So I yeah, find that's quite the, interesting. Do
1: you, do you notice that as well when you're bringing your gear around? It depends. Like the, we plan a lot of public courts here. So there'll be a lot of like very recreational players and they're not super into it. But Vancouver is a very techy place. Um, you know, there's Teslas everywhere. So it's, I'm not the only one showing up all the time with a couple of different rackets. I see people switching. Um and I get recognized pretty frequently just on the court. So uh, like, I know that the community here is like, at least is pretty nerdy as far as things go.
0: That's cool. That means that they're dialed in and that, that's good. I, I think in general, like getting uh, gear knowledge out to people is is helping, right? I mean, it's like if people play with the wrong racket, they get tennis elbow, they might play worse. Uh, but I felt always like, do you feel sometimes also, I don't know how often you switch rackets, but I, I'm in this period when I have a little racket reviewing to do, my whole uh, place is full of rackets. And I feel like my tennis is just sometimes going down complete toilet drain, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just, oh, this racket, then this racket, then this racket, and right. I'm like, oh, no, 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 consistency.
1: You don't like pick uh, a main racket to sort of be your racket for a long period of time.
0: Yeah, I do. I try to stick to one, but it usually lasts like a few months and then okay. I get lured by something else, you know, that's the problem. Like I maybe have it three months. I'm like, okay, this is the one, this is the Radical or this now the PT-57A, which is very tough to use, obviously. And now I'm looking for a power racket, you know, and I'm playing with the e 100 but it, it's like goes and ebbs and flows. It's like the craziness. And then I talked to my buddy, Henrik, who is also sometimes on the channel. And he has the same situation where he's like, oh, I bought four of these. And I'm like, oh, great. And then two months later, he's like, oh, I bought four of these. I'm like, what happened to the, to the blades? He's like, ah, but I, you know, I played two matches. It didn't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I try really hard to like pick a racket, customize it and go, okay, this is my racket, I'm going to have a really high standard, something else needs to come along that's like really better than it for my game, the way that I want to play tennis, which is not necessarily going to mean i'm going to win the most points but it means that i have the most fun playing so i've been using the slinka whiteout f- since may and pretty good huh well that's quite long. not bad um before that i used extreme tour for like two years so i'm pretty good about like okay this is going to be my setup for now this is my baseline because there's nothing worse for me than you know you try to hit a couple times in a row like three days in a row. And if you haven't found your groove on that third day, it's so painful for me.
0: Yeah, I know I'm, I'm the same. Like yesterday I had a really bad, like I was playing with Ben from tennis One Hundred and One, one of the Instagram mm-hmm. guys who does like some viral con- content. And, um, yeah, no, I bro, I don't know what, like I had a brain malfunction, which happens to me from a frequent basis, you know, and I was like, I'm testing the new Dunlops. And I really like the Six 400 Tour, but then I also had to try like the Pure Strike 100. So, and I started mixing up, and then, oh, oh, you brought your Blade 98 V7. I remember that racket. And then, you know, it's, it's yeah. all, it's all, I, I mean, it's too crazy sometimes. Uh, it's better to be more organized and dialed and say, okay, this is my racket. I use this for X amount of time if I'm doing a review or whatever. And, you know, I sometimes manage that, but sometimes my, my
1: like passion for just, oh, I want to play with this racket today, you know, it gets yeah. over. <laughs> it takes over. Did you, um, get the specs on your new cx's because my 200 came in quite low
0: yeah exactly i mentioned that in a video i did um uh, i think for the members for so far but this might come out tomorrow for everyone it's, it's it was i think it was the same as yours because i saw you had like 268 on strong, right something like that 262 yeah 262 okay that's even lower mine was 268 but what that's okay. insane right so uh 268 uh nikki who did the review with me wanted to throw it in the trash can right he like, was like
1: I, I thought it was a mistake because um, that's outrageous. Like that's a child's racket, but I think apparently 270 is like on spec. Wow. Okay. So they really went, I
0: thought uh, that they would, because for, for the 200 is pretty difficult racket. Like a 98, I think for, should be used <laughs> by pretty advanced players. Like you need to be able to handle that racket. Otherwise you can use a hundred or a hundred, four, a hundred, whatever. But, um, but you can't have it with the swing weights. I mean, there's no stability in the racket inherent in the frame. So you need the swing weight to be higher. And if they're going to have that, they need to add like an instruction manual and a roll of lead tape for average pay- people. I mean, we can yeah. check the swing weight. But for someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I like a blade, but I want to change racket. So I buy this Dunlop because it looks cool or whatever. And they go in there like, why? There's no there's no stability. You know, I don't feel like my ball has anything on it. And uh, yeah, it's, and then my CX400 Tour, which uh, I preferred as an overall racket, that was 320 with string, same string, so Hyper G around Hmm. 125. And uh, that was a great racket, played well. Both me and Nikki, we liked it. But yeah, the the CX200, it needed like a half a roll of lead tape before it became kind of like what it should be, I think.
1: Yeah, I put five grams under the bumper first thing. So it was like 315 strung. And that was not enough either. Like I can feel like as soon as like Luca was going to push me around instantly. Cause you can hit a pretty heavy forehand and I had no control. Cause the rack is just getting like deflected out of your hand right away. Um, so for you, the 400 tour is like the gem of that, that line right now.
0: Yeah. I like, I like the previous version as well. I, I don't know, like sometimes I prefer these like 95s, mm-hmm. um, like, because they are, but they also need weight, you know, but, but they are very nice frames, like, and they Dunlop has maintained, I think, or at least return to a better feel. Like they had some lost years in, in my yeah. memory, like where it's, you know, after the aerogels and all that stuff, they, they did some, have a dark period, you know? Uh, and, but now they're, they're doing good rackets. I just feel like, you know, a 200, it needs to be like a blade, a little bit hefty, you know, with the swing weight, like not obviously over 330 strong for most players, but still like you need it to be a 325 for it to be playable. And then when it's not even 300, I mean, in your case, it was like 290 something, you know, yeah, in some uh, with strings. It, you can, I mean, this has to be returned. Like it's it's almost like this has to go under some return policy, uh, which I don't know if swing weight is covering. Like because the swing weight can obviously, the weight and the balance can be somewhat okay, but the swing weight can be too low, way too low.
1: Well, if, if like, I think eight points under spec is fine. If like 270 unstrung is what they're going for. But I wonder, like, who's going to demo that and then want to commit to it? Or who's going to buy it online? Like, I find the more niche brands usually skew to a little bit more advanced player. So, what kind of advanced player is going to feel inspired by this super light, light feeling racket? And I, I'm not sure what the development process on on them always looks like, but it seems like a confusing market positioning to me.
0: Yeah, I I struggle with that with a lot of brands. Like sometimes I feel like, okay, you know, you see this you wouldn't say typical mistakes, but you see this mistake, you feel like this is a mistake. Like this is something right. that should have not been released this way or not as frequently. Or you no, know, there's a few things that are like keep happening, you know. And And like low swing weights on player rackets. Like I can understand if they bring out like a CX 600, 700 for like, you know, intermediate beginner, whatever, that level. That's fine that you have a low swing weight 270. It's fine. Okay. You know, but for advanced players, it's going to be completely confusing. And then you have to label it as kind of like, this is a pro stock that requires you to go to a customizer or you to be quite good at customizing to match these mm-hmm. frames because you can't do do much with a 260-something swing weight, you know, on strung. So it's, uh, yeah, strange to shoot. I, I don't understand if they aim for 270. It's not, this this stuff frustrates me a lot after so many years doing racket testing. It's like, oh my God, you know, this one you should be able to do by now, you know?
1: Yeah. Do you are you still kind of in that three thirty strong range for your own sticks? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, it
0: depends a little bit on the frame. I, sometimes if the frame is very bulky, I feel like it can be a bit lower because I mean, obviously the you know you have higher twist weights and stuff on these thicker beams, power frames. Um, but on control rackets, I like. I mean, three to five is fine. I like mm-hmm. the CX four hundred Tour was playing fine with three to one. I thought. Okay. because it has a bit of a thicker beam. It's more like a speed, you know? So uh, I thought that was was good, good stick. I always, always liked that. I think that they also, you know, changed the mold, which was pretty good, I think, in this case. So yeah, it's a good stick. But it's yeah. going to be one of those that is under looked because people go to the CX200, you know, because that looks like the Blade player model, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And I think it's a bit weird to have the CX200 tour as the like a medium weight or like a normal weight it's that's i find that a bit confusing personally
0: yeah it's it's very confusing so right now uh, so the Solinko, is it the 1820 or are you playing the more open
1: 1619 yeah i'm on the 1820 i never actually tried the 1619 um they just what happened with my switch there was solenko reached out to me they said like what what can we provide you for a video? And I saw a year review and a couple other people like love the 1820. So it's like, just send me the 1820. That's what everyone's interested in. Um, Because I don't want to have like, I I don't want to ever fill this this up. Because then it's just going to be everywhere. I just have one bedroom apartment, right? Um, So that was the only one I ever tried. And it was like, Great. I got tons of spin. I couldn't ask for really any more spin. So I didn't feel like it was necessary to try the 1619. Uh, and then I can feel like I can string it looser, like 40, mid to high 40s and feel like I have more than enough control.
0: Yeah, I think that's a like modern like player profile. Like you go go denser pattern, but then loosen up the tension. You're seeing all the tensions drop now across ATP Tour maybe balls maybe arms you know a few of these things make you know are taken into consideration but it's also they're seeing players go lower they're like oh maybe i should try getting a bit more on my my shots and i Mm -hmm. think for for a lot of rec players they also want to try it but then it's a part of that control like if you don't hit with a lot of spin or your mechanics are a little bit off then it's tougher to use low tensions you know Uh, but you how long have you been like in the 45 pound range around
1: Uh, I've been up and down like for a long time or since last winter to about fall I was staying with my in-laws in Winnipeg so it's a bit higher altitude there and I felt like I needed to string tighter so I was around 50 52 depending on the racket but now that I'm back at sea level I definitely like the lower tension And even I work on a project with Swing Vision that should be out in the next couple of weeks. And just like, you know, hitting for 10, 15 minutes, one at 54 and one at 40. The average ball speed was two miles an hour higher with the lower tension. More balls were in, more balls were deep. There's like no trade-offs for me. So
0: yeah, I I think it's it's like, yeah, I I 100% agree. I think it's... People don't realize like you you don't like the polyester strings. They keep the control at really low tensions. I mean, look at Manorino, for example, but you can go to like reduce your tension quite a bit and still get like, you might have a really minimal adjustment, you know, and you're getting quite a lot out of it and your arm is not being bothered by you. You still see a lot of like rec players play like 55 pounds uh, with poly and pure drive or arrows. You know, that's uh, something I counter. And a lot of these older guys and they have the, the elbow pad just to <laughs> yeah. it looks like yeah if you see a sore elbow you know you can spot it miles away right
1: well even i find a, a lot of the people that i meet who have the elbow problems there's also uh some kind of crazy search for topspin between them so i see so much like over torquing of the wrist and that's what led to my elbow problem when i was testing paradox pro it was like I wasn't getting the same kind of dip on the ball. Did you try that string too? I haven't
0: tried it actually. They they said we we're going to send it, but they haven't showed up. Let me know how how does it play? It's
1: um, it's like RPM power, but ah. even more exaggerated.
0: Oh wow, so. that's a bit like a, I mean RPM power. I I like it. You know, almost feels like you know you're because I play guitar. You're like it's like you're stringing a violin or something. It's like this yeah. kind of.
1: Oh, the, it doesn't sound like that though.
0: Thankfully. That's good That's, yeah because rpm like you move the string like, prong, prong, you're like off oh, interesting
1: you know <laughs> yeah that that was horrible pulling tension on the last couple crosses with rpm power is like the most painful stringing experience i've ever had i think
0: yeah yeah it was, was i remember that was pretty pretty rough i haven't i did test it it was uh, i i played nicely uh, i remember testing it was a long time ago but in like the soft drive but yeah, I didn't I remember not enjoying the stringing part of it and that's also a thing like if you're going to use a standard string if you string yourself um and I know you do I mean it's like then it becomes quite important that it's also an enjoyable experience you know especially if you have like an 1820 you know like oh I have to string yeah. this now
1: <laughs> well that's why I'm like I'm sick of stringing my 1820 Selenko cuz I have to do it I have to do each of them almost once a week cuz there's so many new strings coming in all the time and I'm not at that point yet where I feel like I want to do a lot of testing with other rackets. I just want to keep them kind of like in my main rackets. And I find these whiteouts are really string sensitive too, so I can really yeah. feel the difference. Um, but it's such a hassle. So I am I am actually like, if I can get my CX200 spec'd out nicely, I might switch to it coming up. But we'll see how it goes. It has not yeah, yeah. Been weighed that well so far. I mean, the feeling
0: is nice. Like I it, it, I sometimes feel like it's a sad thing when you play with a racket and you're like, oh, I, I enjoy this. It has a lot of good qualities, but it's so under spec that you can't like my, my motto has always been like, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, and uh, uh, try to see things from the good and the bad, but you try to be balanced. You know, I don't want to trash anyone if it, they tried hard on the product, but if it's like completely pointless or just a marketing thing, it's, it's, you know, I will say that, but but sometimes you're like, oh, swing weight machine shows this. You can't, what, what can you say? It's just like, it's obviously it's not good. <laughs> you can't say anything else. You know, it's quality yeah. control.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't mind that because it's like something that's you could say is objectively bad, right? Like nobody would be happy with something that's off spec. But I, I often, if I try a product and I don't like it, I won't make the video because I don't have the kind of like mental or creative energy to go, okay, I'm going to do a full production video on this product that like doesn't excite me at all because it doesn't stand up in any way.
0: I think that's smart in a way, I, I like, I struggle sometimes. And I would talk about this the other day with me and Ben, because I was like, he was testing some rackets for uh, some brand Wilson, I think it was, and I could see that he was not enjoying the testing process like it was a string and a racket and he's maybe not so used to play testing gear and I know how it is like you have to kind of slug through the play test Uh, same with Henrik. like we talk about it like okay I want to give this X amount of hours but you're really struggling like it really is not a racket that might not be bad per se but it doesn't suit you and you feel like you're playing badly and if you're playing competitive points or playing a set even if it's a training match or something you see, if you're like, ah, oh, you know, here I am playing badly with a racket I don't want to hit with because I have to give a, a review of it. You know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't mean like the racket is bad because I know I can give it, usually give it to someone. And I'm like, oh, you know, you try it. Oh, it's great. I'm like, all right, well, let's meet them, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. It's interesting.
1: That's the whole thing. It's so subjective. Like, I I think the rackets that are made now are all quite good. Yeah. Like compared to 10 years ago, they feel like on average, more solid, more refined, like it's a better product. Um, so it's really hard to like come away from a review for me saying, I think you know, making these changes would sell more. I can say making these changes would work better for me, but I understand that my needs are going to be quite a bit different from the average consumer.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you would if you look at YouTube views and stuff, I'm not so good at this. Nikola, my buddy, Aracic, is is quite good at checking views and like this channel is doing well, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, which he's great at. Um, And I'm not so good at that. But I I think like if you would have like roast a lot of products, you probably get more views, but it might not be like your honest belief or it might not be nice in the end. Or, you know, you might have some negative brand of like personal branding. Uh, consequences, but it's like you could probably have a channel where you have like a trash can, and you'd be like, "Oh, this racket is shit," and you throw it in the trash can, <laughs> and people would well, be like,
1: "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Only old <laughs> rackets are good." You know? <laughs> Even I, I did my twenty twenty three top countdown list, um, and I was the shift ninety nine or the shift three hundred. I put as my least favorite racket of last year. Didn't have fun with the play test. I get what they're trying to do, but it is not what I want from a racket. Uh, I have not lived that down. Like, it's been several months, and I'm not sure, like, I don't even think the negative um, reviews and opinions, regardless of, like, if they're truly mean-spirited or if it's just, you know, kind of trying to have fun and and self-aware that it's not, you know, this isn't objectively bad. It's just, like, my experience I didn't love, which is the way that I try to go about this um, can have a much more negative impact on your audience and the way that they perceive. uh, It's funny, it's the way that they perceive how you perceive them if they choose to use that product that you don't like.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's a very good point. It's a thing where I mean, obviously it can be fun to roast things, but it's also it's also a reflection of you and then it becomes a reflection of the people watching you, for example, like you yeah. said, because I've met a lot of, like since I usually bring, you know, the racket, I bring the racket bag or bags even sometimes. And then you meet people like, oh, is this the new Arrow? You know, can I, you know, I, I go ahead and try it, you know? And then I try to gather information, just like if some people have no experience, some people are really into stuff and want to be in the review. Uh, it depends a little bit, but... But then you realize like how subjective things are. So all you can mm-hmm. do is try to, you know, read it your way. Tell people like, this is my subjective opinion, or we have two guys or three guys. We tested this. These are our opinions and take it or leave it. Yeah. You, it's not like there's no actual facts, you know, besides the specifications and the swing weight and what you have. But a lot of it is subjective feeling about the racket. So, yeah, but some people want to feel like this racket is shit. And this is a great racket. And this is like, the, this is not, yeah. it's not that easy. It's not black and white usually.
1: No, there's totally a desire for there to be um, like a universal experience that we can talk about. But if you're testing in Spain and it's 21 degrees and I'm testing here, it's 10 degrees. We're going to have different experiences. Maybe my string machine's not calibrated. It's like way too loose and yours is right on. There's so much that can go on with the variables. And then I think the opponent changes how I feel about the racket, too. Like... I know that if I don't play with two different people or three different people at a couple of different levels, I can't understand how this racket plays. I need someone who hits harder than me and hits softer than me to really understand like how I can either take advantage of the racket by being aggressive, or if it's going to protect my floor from getting blown out, for example.
0: Yeah, I noticed that it's quite fascinating. Like, so I hit with my father who's, uh... Uh, obviously, a weaker player, is sixty-six years old. So we play uh, a few times a week, usually once, twice at least. Uh, he likes testing as well, but he plays with a racket that's too difficult for him. But he doesn't listen to me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so it's what it is. Uh, but then, so I test a racket, and you know his balls are he's they coming back, but they're not heavy. So I like oh any racket, I, I can take a racket and I like oh, I'm feeling like a god here, you know. And then you, you know how it is, and then suddenly you play with someone who's slightly better than you or better than you. And the ball's coming faster, and you're like, I have no time to react, or the sweet spot's too small. Like I on defense, I'm dead, you know. And then you play with someone who's on your level, and then that opens up where you usually feel maybe you, where your racket should be. I think is when you're playing guys that are your level, and if you beat them with that racket, and you're feeling good playing it with it. I think that's a pretty good candidate. But playing someone much better or much worse, I think that is definitely not where you should base your opinions. You know that that should could be a good, like you say, a good guide for. Is this racket good for this type of level or this type of style? But it's not mm-hmm. going to be good for you choosing a racket because that has to be beating people of your same level, I think, in general.
1: Yeah, like one uh, one of the big tests that I do is um, I'm not sure if you've seen her, but Ali, who is one of the characters who appears on the yeah, yeah, channel. Yeah. yeah. So she's um, kind of former pro level, but we, we can hit pretty well. Like she'll beat me like every time her balls are so heavy they're pretty flat and she really gets them deep um it's so good for testing like how consistent is the string bed going to be on a racket is this racket going to like twist because I get it off center because I'm going to because I'm going to be late because I don't bend my knees all this stuff but that's fine because I've played with her several times where like if I get a racket that I can just kind of deflect and counter punch then I can stay in the rally for for 10 shots instead of just four or something.
0: Yeah, that, that's 100% true. I play with Nicky he's a better player. I play with some other guys, better players. And um, like, I noticed, like I need more help then. Like, so I, I, mm-hmm. I can't play well with my PT 57As, and which are very hyped rackets for a good reason in terms of feel. But then if you play someone equal or, or a little bit worse, it's fine. You know, it, I'm going to play well with that. But as soon as I get a really heavy ball, like someone at that level or higher, then then I feel like I have no chance, you know. Then I need my Easton 100 or something like that. Then I <laughs> yeah. I, I would feel more at home. So that it's a, that's the mess with rackets. And then you can play one day with the same racket and you're like, oh, no, I, this the ball's just flying now with the 100 square inch. Uh, so you, the kind of truth might be somewhere in between, but it's tough to go in between. I kind of like, like,
1: super control or super power. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs> kind of keep, like, pinballing between them, right? So you, you've remind me that I haven't tried the PT-57A yet, but I'm wondering... Are there any rackets that like you have grail rackets that you haven't even tried yet?
0: That's a good question. Actually, I was thinking I was going to ask you that. I wrote that down like top five rackets of all times type of video we we both do. Right. But it's um, I think that I haven't tried. Yeah, maybe there are some I can't think of anyone right now, but I'm sure there are. There are players who Oh, have you tried this and I didn't try it. Like when uh, my friend um, came here to to visit me, he he brought the Dunlop it's a Dunlop Biomimetic 200, and I made a review of that 200 plus, and plus means 100 square inch. I think it didn't mean long, longer racket. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we played, and uh, that racket was great. Yes, that was a typical racket that I completely had not tried before. Uh, I've tried a lot of rackets. Uh, I might have not I might have missed some pro stock or something like that, but I you know, I've, I've been kind of just oh, this pro stock and this pro stock and this pro. like the steams I didn't try properly until now. And now I've tried the steam 100 and the 99.
1: But you don't uh, have like a dream racket that you're like oh, before I die I need to try like Fed's 90 or something.
0: The Fed's 90 would be fun to try, but I, I know it's going to be a nightmare like to play with against anyone good, but but it's yeah, I, that would be amazing. I saw some guy posting that it was the stiffness is much lower on the Fed. At least one of the rackets. I don't know. It's changed, you know, but uh, yeah. Then, then the tennis,
1: um got, I think one, I think he got the end code paint job. I can't remember. He just oh, got cool. them last week. Yeah. He's the reviewer. He's in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I know. him. I know. Him. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah but yeah. Uh, so he, he got the personal Fed.
1: Yes. He got a personal Fed. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a great, like, I mean, I have personal Novak, Haas, Agassi, and Nikki has uh, Rafa, Stand the man, and a bunch of other like Delpo. You know, I, I've tried all these, mm-hmm. but but the um, the Fed uh, that's that's the Grail in my opinion. Yeah, that would be a great like agree. a Fed
1: personal racket. That would be cool. Yeah, like I haven't I haven't tried a lot of the stuff. Like um, in Canada, the access is going to be a little bit less. I just tried like a ninety five D for the first time last summer, and that was a big deal for me. I was super excited, but I still haven't tried like PT fifty seven A or. Or any of the Pro Tour two hundred and eighty kind of original ones. I just tried like a DR ninety eight for the first time last week because Luca brought it because he's a racketaholic, um, but he does have a Pro Tour two hundred and eighty, so I will try that soon.
0: Yeah, we talked about that. I think remember that. Yeah, the D ninety is good. Actually, it's quite good. Uh, I see you have one in the back there. I see some. I see the Liquid Metal Radical as well. Can
1: yeah, the... so I can. Let's we can walk over.
0: That's good. I like this. It's kind of more animated podcast Um, than just watching me talk to someone.
1: Okay, so this, let's start with the wall one. So this is the Arthur Ashe that I got at the thrift store, which I don't play with, but I like it because it looks cool. But also, Arthur Ashe is the reason that I play tennis today. The only reason I play tennis is because of my dad. And so when he was in grade four, he went to the bookstore, he was allowed to buy any book he wanted. He bought the Arthur Ashe book, found a tennis ball, practiced against his bedroom wall with a book and um, a ball, and then begged to get an Arthur Ashe racket. So my dad's Korean. So the whole, you know, Arthur Ashe not being white was a big uh, inspiring factor. So, this. That's great. I uh, just want
0: to, before you move on, because this will yeah. be fun. But uh, yeah, the Arthur Rush I have as well. I don't have a very emotional reason, uh, but I do f- find it to be a very attractive looking racket. So, it hangs nicely on the wall with its like aluminum feel to it. And it actually, it's quite fun to play, but the sweet spot is like a peanut on that racket. Like, it's uh, yeah. literally.
1: <laughs> it's so It's really nice. It's good for um, kind of grooving your strokes. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend likes how it looks. So, that's a part. So this, this is like the GT speed MP that I'm going to do like a sinner thing on. This is Lucas, which I'm borrowing from him. Oh, ah, so it's the touch version. Yeah. Yeah. Touch. Awesome. That's a good one. This is an uh, encode, but it's like almost brand new. Like, I don't know if you can see the grom. Yeah, I can see it. It looks beautiful. That's, it that adds... was
0: my first
1: series racket. Right. So I decided yeah. I have an extra love. I bought it from a family friend and it still has, it's hasn't been strung since 2007. Oh, wow. Cool. So it's got the stringing sticker from the store that I used to work at dated 2007, which is just crazy.
0: That, that cosmetic is just so timeless. I don't know. There's something about, maybe it's my like nostalgia kicking in, but it's like, yeah. oh, you know, it looks so good. It feels good in the hand. Everything's like, oh,
1: it, you know? it's one of the best um, looking rackets. And I think like. For me, like I didn't get into tennis. I was too young when Fed was using that. So like to me it's kind of the K factor is Fed's racket, but as I'm kind of digesting, getting older and like looking back at videos of him playing, to me that like that's the one.
0: Yeah, it's the best guy to watch highlights from, you know. It's like the, yeah. the old like old Fed matches is so good. This is my this is another one that you would like. But this is Yeah, your MP. I sold all mine like an idiot, but that's happened. Oh so. really? Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask. I don't know what I was thinking. I regret yeah, it.
1: I bought this from Luca before he started his YouTube channel.
0: Oh, huh?
1: smart. He now does. he regrets it. Yeah, he does. It's one of his favorite rackets and he sold them both. It's an amazing. And also it looks, it's something about it, the feel. I like the, the glossiness,
0: um, the feeling of the racket, like the control. It feels like just so, such a pristine, you know, I wouldn't say artifact, but it feels like it's just there to play tennis with. And yeah, I don't know. It, 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 that's hard to mimic in modern rackets, that kind of like good vibes. You know, you
1: yeah. that. do you ever like get to talk with the manufacturers or like, do you know what the deal is with the lack of glass paint? I try to talk. I mean, sometimes they, I,
0: I haven't really gotten a good reply. You know, I think it's something that they don't want to share. I mean, like head have been pretty welcoming in terms of like, I've been there twice, their headquarters. <laughs> Um, been walking around like Stefan has uh, become a friend of mine, and he's a racket engineer. Yeah, but obviously, I guess he's he's a little bit hamstrung in what he can say, you know. And and yeah. I don't want to be the guy who be like, oh, gotcha. Now it's gonna be, you know, I you know, friendship is a friendship. So you don't, if they exactly. want to keep things private, I I respect their IP as a company as well, right? But I am curious, you know, because like that that's the feeling of the racket I like personally. So. Uh, the, like a video we're coming out now we we test a bunch of other rackets like I didn't like the new speed paint for example like I thought I was a bit huh, you know uh, and I would have loved <laughs> yeah. it to be glossy but you know maybe I'm an old school guy and don't understand this stuff
1: well the whole thing with the paint like I thought Wilson CV and that was going to be it I thought we would never have to see this velvet paint again it really didn't age well it didn't seem like anyone loved it but I guess here we are yeah,
0: I think they they run circles around themselves. Like they're, they they oh we have to come up with something, and then you have new people in the company maybe, or just like there there's too many products released too frequently, right? So you have like these cycles that are too short, in my opinion. You know that's one of the <laughs> things I've even told them. Like in my I just said like you know better to do a bigger product release. Like it's a big. I mean you can do cosmetics, whatever people can buy it if they want a new black paint or whatever. Every U.S. open, but just not don't be so stressed releasing products because then like if you feel like it's going in the wrong direction or you're stressing uh and and it, it's becoming less of what it could be you know think it through i mean companies don't work like that so it's just talking to to nothing really in the in the end but uh, i just feel like sometimes they are a bit too fast with everything it's it's not really gone through everything
1: yeah i was really happy to see yonex delay their ezone for a little bit like I didn't even know what they were going to do, if they're going to make any changes like the V core was so different. That was such a big overhaul. Um, and everyone seems like quite happy with just the whole E zone lineup to have like it refreshed or changed in some way to risk making it worse is a bit was concerning for me. So I'm glad they're taking their time. And like the peer strike update, they had almost what like five years for that. And I think that was really good. Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. I think it, it's, it's okay. People will be a bit, a bit disappointed. It looks the same, you know. They changed the font on the side. They did a little bit of adjustment, but uh, overall, like racket's a bit softer, feels a bit better, and they introduced like some new models. At least the sixteen twenty hundred, which I think is good, and the VS becomes the ninety seven, which is more logical. So you're not confused every time they're talking about the VS models: pure drive VS, pure strike VS, pure arrow VS. So I mean, that's I prefer that they have fewer rackets, put a more effort, and then if they do something, they do it pretty big and it might... I mean, I thought maybe the v course was a little bit of a too much in one direction for my personal taste, but I do applaud the effort. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. he, this v is so different from the 2021 v course that I'm like, okay, you know, you you went for it and this is fun. So people can like, okay, I, I'd rather that they actually have several models available You'd be like, oh, you want the 2021 V-Core, you want this V-Core. Because right. uh, it, it's... You don't need to... Completely overhaul, but if you do, it's a nice, nice little risk of the company to do so,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Who do you think has like the best lineup right now?
0: That's a good question, actually.
1: I thought about that a bit. Uh, Technifiber is a little bit confusing because
0: tf 40 and T-Fight both control rackets in many ways. Mm-hmm. And the TFX1 is not something they've been pushing as much so far, although they have Mute playing with it. And uh, I think they, they can do like a TFX2 or whatever it might be very good. No idea. Uh, but I, I like fewer rackets. I think Head have, have way too many. I've said that in many videos, I, I assume, right? It's just like, oh, how many 98, 60, 19 rackets can we have? You know, it's like, <laughs> this is before people get, like, oh, Boom Pro, Radical, Radical Pro. This uh, uh. Wilson is also a bit confusing with the Clash. Sometimes it's like they say it's a control racket. I would never say it's a control racket. It's a <laughs> comfort racket, in my opinion. It's like, it's like a bit of a, I, I would, yeah, it's a, it's a specific racket. Like it's hard to categorize it, but it's definitely more focused on comfort. So I would say like like Yonix probably and Babola are my favorite. Like when it comes to the lines, it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, we have control, power, and spin. I'm like, ah, you don't need to confuse more. You don't add anything. That's fine.
1: And then within the line, there's a little bit of differentiation. It feels like there's something for everyone without having too much overlap. Although the percept, there's a lot of percepts now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person, I mean, the, the problem starts happening. I think again, right? It was when you're introducing like hundred square inch control rackets that also have thicker beams. You know, like you have the Dunlop CX Four Hundred Tour that we talked about. It's like okay, twenty three millimeter beam. Then you're in speed territory. Then you can actually argue maybe that head is a little bit more logical because they have that middle speed and it's different because of the the widths and stuff. But I do like just power control and spin. It feels like it's easy to wrap your head around. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of models, so I don't know how you combat that. But uh, I think also the companies like they think oh, the more rackets we have, the more people will buy. You know, because it, mm-hmm. we're you know if you're a tennis nerd, you're going to be like, oh, maybe I would need a little bit more denser pattern, or maybe I would be a bit a bit bigger head size, but the same racket, and then
1: you have another purchase, right? So I think yeah, especially I don't know. with Yonex, there's a lot of people who like move just from Yonex to Yonex racket more. I get that more than um, like in my consultations. There's a lot of brand loyalty to Yonex.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. Like they should really get an applause for that. Like I think people partly it's this kind of quality control. Maybe not so much with swing weight. I would say that they could improve their swing weight because I've had some some egregious swing weights from Yonex. Although there's, their quality in weight and balance I think is is leading of the big brands at least mm-hmm. um but they do seem to build brand loyalty whether it's made in japan whether it's the that is like good well-playing rackets the head, sh- head shape something stands out so people will be like okay i, I like yonix i like the feeling of it, it just might might be more of a E zone than a v core player or i want to go percept 100 instead of a v core 100 so uh, i think that that's what you want to do I-, I think i've seen that a little bit more with bubble at in the past, I don't know how they're doing now, to be fair, but it's like they've also had quite a strong brand lawyer. Like, I'm a Babla guy. I play only Babala, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So that's quite important, I think, for the brands.
1: Yeah, like that's something you'd see in cars all the time. It's like people will stay within their brand because there's a certain feel. And I think Yonex has also done that pretty well. Like Yonex Rankets doesn't matter, to, I think, if it's a V-Core, E-Zone, or Percept, Like, it feels like a Yonix racket. There's a certain way it vibrates and flexes. That just feels really familiar, which I totally get.
0: What's your feeling, like, if you compare, like, all the rackets, like some of the ones we looked at in your shelf, we can even go back to the r 98 it's not that old, but, uh, like, 6195 Liquid Metal Radicals, and then compared to the new rackets that we actually already said, the quality across the board is higher like I mean you, you don't get bad mm-hmm. rackets today I would say that with some confidence because like you don't see a lot of okay this is like you throw it in the trash Chris from Tennis Warehouse we talked about that on the podcast before it's like okay the rack is going to be good it might not be for me it's going to be good It might it be less of a favorite than the previous generation yes possibly you know uh, but but it's going to be a quality product because there's no way they're going to be able to sell it otherwise
1: so I there's a few things that are going on with the new rackets that I am not a fan of. I think because there is so much um, stress about the elbow problems since we started to get stiffer, I found there was a bit of an overreaction in softening RA, and then I think they kind of realized that. So and then along with the softening the RA there's like a lot of dampening like I'm I'm not that comfortable playing with like a really dampened and soft racket and then the other thing that I don't like that we're seeing a lot of now is like variable flex which like auxetic like okay really stiff in the yoke and handle and then we're going to have graph or auxetic is really soft in the yoke and handle and then we'll have graphene which is really stiff in key areas I find like that makes the hitting feel quite thin or like um, spongy or artificial. I think Wilson is guilty of it too, which I understand for the Clash because it achieves its mission really well. But I really don't like how the shift is really soft when you hit a topspin and then feels really stiff when you kind of drive right through it. Um, to me that just leads to like an unpredictable kind of feel like i want to when i'm playing with the racket it doesn't matter if it has high control or if it's a big power racket or anything like i don't want the racket to surprise me after i've hit the shot like i want to go oh that felt terrible and then it went into the net just like it should yeah. it shouldn't be like oh that felt great i i know my footwork sucked But the hitting feel was fine. I couldn't tell that I completely shanked it because the vibration dampening is too good.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Actually, it's one of the things I've been thinking about. uh, Because also when you say these things about like that quality is very good, it comes with the caveat of the whole industry moving in the same direction all at once. It seems like a little bit, you know, it's like, okay, so elbows is a big problem. People can't play tennis. I I get it. You know, It's, it's, it's a big, big problem. So then you get these frames that are, and I I hear that also consultations. I hear that from like comments, whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't feel the ball, you know. So people go back to the older rackets because they they that's what we want. We want feedback. So you want that, like, okay, I hit a bad shot, I would be punished. I hit a good shot, I would be rewarded. That's what that's what a tennis player wants. That's how we improve as a tennis player. Understands your own game, develop your technique. And sometimes when I hit with these newer rackets, I feel like okay, it, it it's a good racket. Like it's stable. It gives you ample power. It does all these things but I'm not quite connected to the ball. So like some shots, like, oh, it landed in, like you said, like, that's one of the things I've noticed, like, oh, should I be happy now? I don't think so, really, because it, it doesn't give you the information where you feel like you're going to improve. We get that feedback, like, okay, I have to hit the shot. I get more under the ball, otherwise I don't get enough spin. Like, But then the, if the ball is just a bit of a trampoline, it just lands in, and you're like, okay, uh, well, how am I going to repeat this if I don't have that feedback? It's It's impossible.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, that's all... I have ever chased playing tennis is like that feeling of like hitting the ball in the center with your weight shifting forward like pure contact like that's all I care about like I'm a rack player I don't care if I win tournaments that much I don't I know I'm not gonna like be making money for playing tennis exclusively um I just like hitting down the middle so I want a racket that like makes me feel so good once I've hit it in the middle. I've so, to me, that's like the the chase that I'm after. You were
0: a bubbler guy in the past, right? Like that was how you yeah done your journey, right? What, what's it. your feeling around the brand now and, and the re- recent rackets?
1: Um, I find there's like a weird clunkiness to almost all of them. I don't know if that's the high twist weight because I do see higher twist weights like on tennis warehouses chart. And when I measure it feels quite, um, heavy. So, uh, I haven't really shared this on a video, but I'll tell you the motion that I find high twist weight is tough for me is going from like the back position here and then figuring out how you're going to open it. Mm -hmm. And for my forehand, which is quite, um, whippy and wristy I rely a lot on like being able to control the angle of my racket face and find the right kind of spin to apply to control the ball because I don't really have as much control through like I guess pure clean ball striking like you or like Nikki who seems like a much flatter hitter or Allie who I hit with so the Bablet rackets are really tough for that I think the Pure Air 98 is amazing. I think it, like, you could easily say that's the best racket you can buy and would um, be great for winning points. But it, I don't love it. I do really like the new Pure Strike, how it feels and everything. But it's still like there's a lot. The one that I tried had a 333 swing weight, felt like a really high twist weight. It was probably more racket that I could feel comfortable with using for my game.
0: Yeah, I did notice that playing with the Pure Strike the other day, like I, I liked that it's like it's a little bit less stiffness. It's, it's not like a plush feeling racket or where you feel the ball 100% to be fair. Uh, but it's better, I would say, than the predecessor. However, it, it does feel a little bit clunky at times, like the twist weight. I haven't measured the twist weight on that one because I just got it. But uh, I feel like it, it's, it just then forces your swing or makes it not so comfortable and then... Like tennis is about like you put it really well. It's been my philosophy as 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 well. It's like you want to enjoy playing tennis. You want to have a smile. I'm not a competitive guy, so I don't go there to win. I play some tournaments, ITF seniors and stuff like that, but I'm not there to win. I like the challenge of it, um, but I'm not going to be crazy about that or just start arguing line calls like a like a crazy (laughs) person, Uh, which you know you encounter quite a bit. But I, I do enjoy when the racket feels like a part of you when you feel like connected to it and it does what you want it to do. And, uh, yeah, I've struggled with some some modern rackets in that term, like we talked about. It's like it's some, some of them, that's why you, sometimes you play with it for a while and you're like, okay, I'm getting more power, I'm getting more spin. I am a little bit tougher to beat for better players. But then you're not, like, you have a period where, like, I'm not really enjoying to hit the ball as much. Like, if, for example, if you're just hitting, like, if I'm hitting with my father, for example, it's, it's I have to invent stuff to train myself. I train him, but I have to invent things <laughs> where I need to improve. And then I, I want a racket that like feels good. So I feel like, wow, okay, just hitting the ball is just so much fun. You know, I just enjoy it. So
1: yeah. So who, what uh, Ranga do you think feels the best right now?
0: Well, the new racket is like my P7A, I, it's, but the racket I, I played with for a while, that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to play with this all the time because it's like the best feeling. Uh, obviously, sweet spot is h- minuscule, uh, very tough with stability. In, in, ter- in like if you hit off center, but when you hit center, it's like, you know, mwah, you know, but um, mm. modern rackets. Yeah, it, it's 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 a bit tough, actually, like the modern rackets. I, I really like the Dunlop 6400 Tour. It's probably been my most positive experience recently. I did struggle like the blade is pretty good. But I when I compare the V7 versus the V9, just with Ben the other day, I always was a fan of the V7. I think the ball pocketing is very addictive in that racket. I can see why others would argue against it, but it's, it's a racket I really feels good to me. And I was playing with that, and I was playing with the V89, and I was playing with that, and I'm like, this is just better for me. I'm just, this V7 is preferred, right? So oh, yeah, I would like to have that feeling in a recent racket, but I, like, I haven't met any really bad rackets, but I haven't really met anything that is like that either uh, to me. In, in recent times, I would say. Like, for example, the Radical MP, I, I like that a lot. I play pretty well with it. I, I won some tournament with it on the seniors side. And um, you feel like the ball goes pretty much where I want it to go. But it's not a bracket that brings me a smile in the terms of
1: feeling. You know, there's no pocketing. There's like, it's just, eh, it's good. You know, I find the hitting sound like my turn up is twofold. Like I had a hard time with spin modulation on my forehand with it. But it's super direct, which I really like, but the hitting sound was like really high pitched. I noticed, and then I noticed they have sound grommets, whatever that is supposed to be.
0: No idea, (laughs) but it's not like a really attract, the sound is not the attractive feature, I would agree. And I think it comes like the vibrations are pretty high. So, Mm -hmm. and it's not like, I don't think it's a very arm friendly racket. I didn't have any arm issues with it, but I've heard people like, okay, you know, they they struggle a little bit. Maybe it's like the, the vibrations frequency is so high that it emits this sound. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't checked the vibration frequency, but I think the newer Radicals compared to like the Liquid Metal, compared to these old ones, it's it's a different uh, ballpark, you know. More power, of course, but it's, it's different.
1: Yeah, to me, the Slinko 1820 is like the closest thing that I could find to something that felt like an older school racket. Like, I think it feels a lot like it could be the spiritual successor to like the Liquid Metal Radical MP. Um, you play with the standard length ticket. version, yeah. By the way, um, it's too much racket for me to play with something long, and then I don't want to. Like, I'm testing multiple rackets every week. I don't want to have to switch lengths and then try to regroup my strokes. That was the main thing. I'm sure I, I could totally use it because it doesn't feel slow or anything. I don't find, but so much adjusting all the time. I don't want to add more to my plate. You know.
0: No, I think that's smart. And then with the strings you mentioned, like you have to restring all the time. Uh, what string are you using right now? What is like your go-to string setup?
1: If I was to play a tournament, I would do Grapple Snake Tour M8. Mm, so that good was. Choice. I won a tournament last summer using that string. Felt really good with it. I like it because the last thing that I really want to do after I play a match is like come home and string a racket and be ready for the early morning the next day. So I think M8 like feels holds its playability throughout the tournament and you maybe only have to string once or twice depending on how many matches you get how long they are and it's predictable good blend of everything maybe maybe no like wow factor for spin but like I don't think that should really be the goal when you're trying to win points for a lot of people no I think spin can like you said
0: sometimes some people over like they exaggerate the importance of spin because it's like Mm -hmm. it's about getting the ball in with reliability, whether you're using a little spin or you're hitting flatter, it's it's about that like consistent feeling of, okay, I'm in the sweet spot, I'm hitting the ball. I think, you know, obviously it's it's all about footwork and it's also all about contact point, these kind of tennis fundamentals that people can easily forget when because I can get people asking like, oh, but I'm, uh, you know, I can't get the ball in the court, so I need a spinnier string. And I'm like, if you can't get the ball in the court, it's probably not the string. Like, it's, uh, it, it's yeah. how it is. You know, it's so easy yeah. to, you know, it's so easy to think like, oh, but if they really grabs the the ball then you know we can't we can't cheat the the game of tennis it's not possible we're working with the margins here you know
1: that's why i struggle a lot with the kind of ultra spin oriented products and even now i find the arrows are not they don't like lend themselves that well to a spinny stroke in my opinion
0: no, I think like I, I maybe I've, I've um, moved around a little bit on this one, but before it felt like okay, if you have a really extreme spin, you know this should accentuate it. But why would you want to accentuate something you already have, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it might not make sense. I think it's like the in the head you have Ralph and you're like the way he hits the ball, and it's like he uses arrow because he's a spin player, blah blah blah. But I think sometimes for flatter hitting players, the arrows make even more sense because the ball has a little bit more launch, so you're not going to hit the tape of the net while. For some spin players, an eighteen twenty might make more sense because you already have enough spin, and that's going to help you with with having a slightly lower launch angle. It's not going to be so easy to hit it, maybe for the opponent. So, I think it could be sometimes be the opposite. You have to look at the opposite. You're like, okay, I'm a attacking player, but I I, I hit this tape a lot. So then maybe you need a spin racket. Could be could be a solution.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I did. Um, so I use the Aero Pro Drive for like. 8 years with a small break of using a BLX blade and I was playing against these guys who were just one guy had just come back from playing D1 college tennis and another guy his brother went pro his dad was pro so he was like making his effort and I couldn't keep up with them I was pushing too much and Having that Aero pro drive spin friendly, powerful racket was just like encouraging me to push harder. I thought, okay, I'll just play defense going to, okay, the SV95 still like a spin racket, but not something you're going to play the same kind of tennis with, with Aero pro drive may force me to step in, force me to hit through my approaches. That's something that was a really big challenge for me in my tennis career is like, how am I going to deal with this short ball? So now I feel like with the 1820, I feel so much more encouraged to like go after it. And, you know, you don't want to like hold back on your shot and then run into net thinking like, oh, I held back. Now what?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes you notice that like when I, you I switched between the rackets the other <clears throat> day, I played like, oh, I'm playing at the East on testing the Aqua Knight just because it's a different cosmetic. You know? And, um, you know, I do enjoy the East 100 for some reason. Uh, especially against better players. But then the balls were flying, I felt like. So, uh, okay, you know, and then I played with the Blade 98, the V7 version, and I'm like, okay, here I can go full. And I, I have to think, you know? Because sometimes with the power, like, the, the more power you get, like, the more you have to adjust. And then it's not as instinctive, right? You can't throw yourself into the ball, which is the best feeling when you're really, mm-hmm. like, stepping on the gas. Although you might not be able to do that for, like, 90 minutes, two-hour match. But that's a part of physical limitation. It's not like, I don't think having a very powerful racket and then trying to just adjust your swings all the time, it's going to, I think it's going to be difficult. I've tried playing tournaments like that, but it's, sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it doesn't at all, but it, it feels a bit strange to to hold back on swings somehow.
1: Like if you had to play a match to save your life after this chat right now, what's your setup?
0: I think I'll go with the the P-7A. Uh, those Those are the ones rackets I've... Then the string, it could be, I mean, could go Hyper-G Soft, for example. Like, it, mm-hmm. those, they are not very string sensitive. I noticed, like, I try hybrids. Like, okay, maybe if I, you know, someone just strings it for me, uh, I can ask, like, a natural gut, you know, all the power hybrid or some round string could be any round string, really. But then, yeah, the P57A, I, I've had moments where I've been test playing around rackets, playing a tournament match, and then I'm down, like, 5-1. And I'm like, okay, I have to just put every ball in, and then I win 7-5 for a set you know I'm like okay I, <laughs> right. the ball is not heavy it's not going to be the hardest but I'm, it's going to go where I want it to go so I think that is very important when you're, when you're trying to be like Novak you're trying to like just fight every ball back you know so but it, it is a little bit too demanding to be fair I, I know that as well but it's, it's the one with kind of I get a smile on my face when I'm playing playing well
1: yeah, well, the, you answered in like two seconds. I thought that was going to cause you to think for at least five seconds or something.
0: Yeah, but... it, I could be because like, like now I've been trying to, so I, I have this constant uh, thing in my uh, tennis life where I'm like, okay, I, I need a more powerful racket. Like my friend Daniel, who's a very strong player, he was here, we were training for like almost every day for two hours and um, and he's playing, he went from like Fed90, Prince <laughs> Phantom 93P, like all these heavy rackets. He customized them even heavier. Then he went to an Angel TC97, customized that. Uh, and then he suddenly, he's like, okay, I, you know, he's playing on clay, German league, strong players. And then he's like, oh, I need more power. So now he has like a pure Arrow VS and it's like 360 grams with strings and super headlight, like super headlight. Like it's like 31 centimeters strong uh, or something like 10, 12 points, 10 points at least. And I tried it and I'm like, okay. You know, it's it's quite fun to play with, but like he's just oh, I'm just adjusting my string. He's a he's a very good athlete, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and I I enjoyed. It. I tried it in a match just for fun, you know. It didn't go well, but uh, I was like, okay, I can see what you like here, uh, but it's not it's not for me, you know. But he he's, he's just then he tried to really convince me like you need to also play with more powerful rackets because you're gonna play more, so much better. So. <laughs> So it's been a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna challenge you, and we'll see. But uh, yeah. so, <laughs> like, points wise against strong players, like I play my best with the e zone. But then if I play sometimes, I, I, if I have to play a match of my life for uh, against a same level player, which would be the most fair if you're fighting for your life, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. Like, yeah, then then I be, I'd be worried that the ball will start going, you know, at some point, and okay. I will start looking at the string and be like, oh, I need a more spinny string. <laughs> so.
1: How is, so is that in your head a lot when you're playing like, um, the idea that you could have maximized your setup with something else when you're playing? Yeah,
0: sadly, sadly. I've, I've had moments where I've tried to unthink that, like I'm trying to really not focus. And that's probably like when I've just said, OK, I'm, I'm bringing this only bring these like three. I had two radicals, so I so radical MP new ones. I wasn't super excited by it, but I was playing well with. So I was like, OK, that's it. That's what I'm bringing. And then I'm playing matches and I'm trying not to overthink anything about the equipment. I'm just like, and it, it did work for a while, you know, and then suddenly you go back into this gear, gear hell where you're like playing a practice match and you're looking at your racket like it's your main enemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, So what, what about you? Like what you would go the Solinko, I guess, then? Yes. Yeah, I
1: would go the Solinko as what I have dialed in right now. Um, because for me, the thing that gets in my head more than anything is, like, is the weight setup correct? Way more than, like, is this the right Racket. So when I was trying to, like, it took me a really long time to get the weight setup dialed in on my whiteouts. Because the usual customization techniques that I did for my extremes and my um, V-Core 95s before that did not work in the same way because the balance point's a bit higher. And then I was also learning about the whole recoil weight thing, and I was talking to the guy who started the forum about that optimizing recoil weight. So I was, did like a bunch of tests to see, okay, does my ideal recoil weight line up with his chart? How is MGRI gonna affect my forehand? And that was like when I really took a long time to kind of figure out how I was gonna tune my rackets. And so that was in my head through, like, I think I played three tournaments last summer. It was in my head through all of them. It was horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the best advice you can give to anyone who's like in the racket hell or jungle, or whatever you want to call it. It's like, you need to get it out of your head. And had, this happens to pro players. Like, I mean, I, I, I do talk a bit when I'm around the ATP tour, like, oh, you're talking to this guy. I'm wondering about my string choice, my tension. Should I go for a bigger racket? Like, and and these guys are established ATP pros, right? And you're like, oh, oh, don't, don't, don't get in here. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> it's, it's it's not a good place to be. Like, as soon as you start to doubt like the equipment, it's part of, partly an excuse, but it's also like it it just distracts you from what you need to do to win a match, right? It, I it's just a feeling I have, you know. Sometimes like I should come with a warning label when you get into this to like. Gear junkie because like it's it's a performance sport, so you want to do like you want to have fun playing it's not like you're buying a new iPhone, and like this phone has the best photos right this the, or or this computer has the best performance if you're playing video games um this is like something where you have to rely on this thing to help you play better tennis so you can smile more when you're at home
1: right <laughs> so it's like uh, it's 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 a little bit different than other gear gear things in my opinion yeah well and I think. Like uh it takes so long to get used to a new racket. So when you see these guys switch a uh, it's the idea that you would have instant results after a switch, I think, is completely incorrect. Like it took Fed a long time to get used to his ninety seven. Yeah. And yeah, I know.
0: And I that was very sobering, I think.
1: I agree. Yeah. Uh, so people should realize. Most talented player of all time, is maybe, maybe not, has taken two, one, at least one, if not two years to like get back to the level that he he wanted to be at. And then you see like, Chapo, who was changing rackets a bunch, like that's maybe not what he should be focusing on. And then not giving it maybe enough time to switch to that E-zone, which I think made sense. But yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it gets tricky
0: for them because they like, okay, I feel like this is good. And then they're not. I mean, they're obviously not gear nerds, so they're gonna get got nerd into that. And the tennis coaches around the tour that I've met, they're not gear nerds either. So um, you can either consult with someone, which they probably don't do enough, and it's like a big black hole. So they don't realize, like, okay, I need to give it time. Like they just, okay, this worked one match, and now I'm back to my old. Um, And then sometimes you see them, like, obviously you get superstitious when you play tournament matches. So they're like, oh, I want to go back to my. Cosmetic even like it becomes yeah. so much a superstition Yeah. now. I saw uh, I got a post on Instagram like oh Diego Schwartzman is playing with his Graphene 360 cosmetic the orange one and It is it's only a head game. I mean the racket is the same, right? I hasn't done any changed. what I know, but he's like, okay, I won with this I have lost six matches out of seven with the other one right or something and, and then he just wants to get back into that Like it, it's just a thing to throw your head back
1: into a good place. Hopefully. Like, I was shocked that Head was okay with Sinner not using the new speed. Yeah, speed that's that's for me was a
0: weird. Yeah,
1: it's like that's like the dream. They got him on the head card and he's winning, but yeah, it's strange. We'll sometimes, see on switch.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's weird with this the equipment thing. So, you wonder if it's like, do the player perceive a difference just with the cosmetic? Like, you know, it's a glossy racket, it has three different you know, colors have moved a bit, like on the speeds, they don't do a lot of changes to the actual cosmetic. Like it's, it looks the same. Then they do the same glossy paint. They don't do that soft touch paint. So you would be like, oh, here, Yannick, play with these. And I had, a, you know, it doesn't strike me as the guy who'd be like, oh, you know, this is completely different. But then there's something bothering him probably, or or maybe he like, because he wouldn't be a, a, a more pragmatic thing where, he, oh, I didn't get them on time or, you know this—the delivery guy for the my head rackets was late. You <laughs> know for the Australian <laughs> Open, that wouldn't happen. So it has to be something feel-based or something in his head or in his heart or whatever that says I'm not gonna be playing with the new one. It worked
1: out for him, I guess. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the, them, they—I mean—they wouldn't care. And also, I think most consumers won't look at his racket and be like. Oh, but that's not the latest speed. So I won't buy that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I need the wet. one with the white in the throat, not in the middle. Big <laughs> yeah, difference. Yes.
0: It's funny. Um, I'm going to ask you about your customization. Like you do a lot of that. You do the MGRI. Um, but you have the graffiti. Is that what you're using?
1: Yeah, I'm using the graffiti. That's been a life-changing thing for me over the past year and a half, I guess now. So I use the swing weight thing um, several times a week. And then I really like their balance tuner. Just easy setup with the phone. Um, And then the twist weight, I'm trying not to get too caught up in. I saw you got the Meteor tune
0: thing. Yeah, I'm testing it. Uh, It's behind me here. Uh, It seems good. Like, I mean, I've never been a twist weight measurer so much. So for me, this is a new territory that might be dangerous to move into. I sometimes have to restrain myself because then you know how it is. Like, your head starts getting all kinds of, uh, problems where, where it's more about your footwork you know
1: but of course yes, yeah. you,
0: there's another aspect of your reviews you can add
1: I saw the uh, meter tune has it's not twist weight but it's like right left distribution of weight
0: I it's like spin weight minus something someone uh, messaged me that it was different than uh, what they have that is pretty cool uh, I haven't really like gone into depth yet because I've been so busy but it's like uh, is that you can like get really automated measurements on like how to match rackets through their software, which you connect to the yeah, so You have like nice. Bluetooth connection, so that seems pretty neat. I haven't tried it though, so I cannot say if it's good or bad. But it's gonna be the next kind of experiment, but it takes time. So
1: yeah, something like that's gonna take that would take me forever to figure out um, all the different workflow um, potentials for that. But yeah, so with the whole custom, did have you read a little bit about the recoil weight?
0: Yeah, I've, the I've, 10 I've 10 like disorder. the MGRI, I've gotten sort of many questions and stuff, so I, I've I've been tinkering with that in the past. Yeah, I, have you tried to see
1: if that table works out for you?
0: It it I did try it, and it um it it did work in one way, but then you know I I I got kind of lost in it as a little bit as well. I started testing like okay this the twenty point five that like this. So I I don't never really settled on something where this this makes sense for my game, you know. Uh, maybe I need to revisit it. Uh, partly I didn't want to open that kind of worms, also because yeah. then the audience gets even more confused and I get even more confused, or that like, it starts becoming a thing of everybody needs to do it like this way. Uh, so I'm not sure. Uh, but it, it did it help you? Like you you actually it opened a door for you in your racket search?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it opened a door, but it confirmed some things for me. So. My extreme Tour and my V-Core's 95s, I customized them both, but I wasn't like super analytical with the way that I did that whole process. Like I just did it by feel. I was like, okay, I'll add a little bit of weight here, add a little bit of weight here. And then only recently when I found, I saw his chart, I was like, okay, I want to know if like my last two rackets lined up because I spent a lot of time with each of them to get them right and they were the same and they both line up with the chart.
0: Yeah, I think th- that was something I actually um, reached out as well. Like the rackets I liked were remarkably similar. Like right. that in the specs, like if I would line up, you know, a typical rackets for me, um, that would be a pretty clear pattern. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to work like that for everyone, but that was kind of the, the the read. It was more of a confirmation. Okay, I'm I'm this type of my stroke is this, you know, this take it or leave it, right? Like how it is. Yeah. I and obviously, you you're right. Have... Is... Sorry. Well,
1: I think you need to have like, um, like all, maybe finished strokes. Like you have to, if you have not settled on your forehand technique, it's going to be hard to go, okay, that's the setup for me for the rest of my life now.
0: Yeah. I, I for me, it's been ever changing. Like you want to, tweak things all the time. Uh, maybe that's just my nature. So then that gets tricky. And that's probably why I go gravitate to different rackets and want to discover what different things applies to different players like me or, or other people as well. Like So it, it becomes like an eternal discovery. And then I, I it's like no player is quite set. So that can be a tricky. You need to kind of do it. And then you need to wait maybe three months. And then you see your six months. And then you do it again. So it needs to be maybe in your
1: workflow. But, uh, I, I guess I mean more like, like you don't have any... Uh, developmental flaws that are like where you're forehand, you're not like you're not done learning how to hit a forehand I guess but you are done learning how to hit a
0: forehand yeah true in a way yes yes you're right yeah yeah you're That's not going to be like I mean yeah yeah exactly so this thing with tennis is frustrating but it's also like because I have a friend who's, who's all obsessing with technique like gear you know it's like technique mm-hmm. technique technique he's also been testing lots of gear in the end he settled on a candy cane um, no. which is yeah, very difficult racket. Uh, Nikki advised against it, but the, yeah, so he, he's happy with this racket, and um, and then he's obsessed with technique, and then he's like looking at how to do this and this and this, and and that can also be like a rabbit hole in itself, right? Like, is he's he's I wouldn't say he's new to tennis, he's been doing it for a while, but he's always trying to refine something, you know, always trying, but it, it's so difficult to change technique. I mean, it's I've tried working on the back end or stuff. And you you do change things, but it, it's it's such a slow burn. Like you really need to immerse yourself in the process and be like, okay, I'm gonna
1: do a hundred buckets of backhands or whatever. You know, it's just. Well, like, you think look like a awesome. completely different player from when I first started watching you.
0: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of, uh, and I was playing like when I started my channel, I was not playing enough. I was uh, pretty poor technically. I was not as good physically either. So it was been for me. It's been also a journey of like I my my life changed quite a bit because I was playing like once twice a week, just doing some videos for fun. And like I, I was always into gear. Uh, it's always been a fun like rabbit hole for me to dive into and to investigate. And then I got to know Henrik, and we started talking a lot about it. And other people who are also nerds. So it was kind of like this thing. Uh, but then I realized I need to uh, like now I started playing like doing this more full time. Was like or at least half time. It's like four or five times a week playing. And then you with better, better players, so you're like, okay, I have to, I have to get better. Like, I have to fix, you know. So it's been my my challenge to myself to try to improve my game a lot. And now I'm, I'm feeling I'm, I'm making strides in the right direction. But then, like, it's not gonna be easy to change, like, take back or certain things. But you, you optimize a little bit the footwork, a little bit faster. You're a little bit more smart how you play the points, which is sadly not something I am really. But you know, it's like you're slowly, slowly getting a bit better. But yeah. it, it, it requires a lot of quantity. I think it's tough to improve as a tennis player if you play twice a week. It's really tough, you know.
1: I think twice a week is only enough to maintain your level. And even that can be tough depending on what level you are. Like twice a week to maintain like a 5.0 level twice a week. I don't know if you could even do that because you also need to be really fit for 5.0 tennis. So you probably are like working out on the side or something. And then even for us, like constant adjustments to racket gear, like any, any time you add an adjustment, I think that slows your progress.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like that, that's something that really sometimes irks me. Uh, and I feel like a little bit negative. I'm usually a very positive person, like generally, like always trying to look at the, you know, half full glass thing, but sometimes like when I'm in the testing phase and I'm getting confused and I like two weeks later, earlier, I was like, Oh, I have my racket. But then there's too many rackets to test, and I'm starting to get like you know my tennis starts becoming a little bit all over the place, and and then I start being frustrated. That's like a tough grind. It's it's a fun like I mean it's a great job. Like people are uh, it's it's I'm I'm happy, but it's it's sometimes can be frustrating that you're not playing your optimal tennis because you know you are like this is not the racket and this is not the racket. This is not the string or whatever <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, and and there's there's no way to like sound good when you say i sucked with this racket and it was not my fault
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> no that's true i mean like that's the thing like it's it's just it's like going on a date you know it's like you you, you meet and you're like okay uh, it could be good and then you're playing and you're like no i mean it's not sometimes you have to give it time but that first feeling is really gonna be from i'm not really into this to, oh, let's we get married, right? It's not, it's not, that's rare, that transition that it's going okay, from like, I conversion. don't even like this. Does that
1: racket happen like with the racket, obviously?
0: It's a good question, actually. Uh, I don't think so. I think generally my first instinct stays. I sometimes a bit too harsh in the beginning. My first time with the racket, I'm feeling like, okay, I'm a bit harsh and then I need a few more times. Uh, to to kind of dial in like what I'm thinking and different players and you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but but I never been complete three sixty where it's like oh sh- piece of shit and then like oh I love this. this is the best racket ever you know sometimes I have I have a lot of the one like oh it's a great racket and then eh, it's a uh, it's okay racket
1: <laughs> it's... yeah I so that happens to me all the time and I think it's when you try the new racket because it's like the first thing something's new your body really adapts quickly. This is based on nothing but my own experience. And then kind of as you've played with that racket for a couple times, I think your body kind of goes back into its older habits, and then it doesn't feel quite as comfortable. That's what I noticed with like the Pure Strike VS, which I really liked for a long time, and then just couldn't quite get it to work how I wanted, even though it felt like it worked better than I wanted the first couple times I hit it.
0: Yeah, there's there's that feeling of like, this is new, I mean, that's with any shiny new object, you talk about cars, you know, whatever, if you're into camera equipment, uh, what what else, I mean, guitars for me can be like, wow, you know, but it's like, and then you have that extra energy also in your play, right? So you're a bit excited by the racket, so you're putting the extra effort into your play and you're thinking that it's partly the racket feels better because you're moving better and you're putting more energy into your tennis. And then when you get back to normal and things start like that honeymoon period is down done, but you, you start, oh, well, it wasn't the racket as much. It was my more excitement coupled with the racket that was mm-hmm. a little bit that. You don't get that with any every racket, though. I noticed that. Like, I, you know, you test racket, you bring out, okay, eh, it was, was, it's a good racket, but it's, you don't get that feeling. And sometimes you get that feeling and then it's really dangerous because then you feel like I'm playing so well. I mean, I finally found my new racket. And three weeks later, you're like, yeah, it is, it's a good racket. <laughs> it's...
1: Uh, yeah, I think for me the racket that I turned around the most on was like the Bolt rackets.
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't... But was like in a good or like bad sense? Where did you go from
1: the first from first well, hit? I thought this is gonna be stupid, and then I hit it, and it was exactly what I expected. But as I kind of figured figured out that whole suspension thing, I was like, okay, I I appreciate what's going on here, and it's not going to work for me. But I like, they're so fun. And that's a racket that like, I like to keep in my bag to show people because it's really quite interesting. And it's one of the most unique experiences, I think. Yeah, me. I think we had a similar feeling. Like, I think I was ready to roast the
0: racket in my head. You know, I'm trying to keep an open mind, but I'm like, okay, gimmick, probably that's what I was feeling. And then you hit with it. and I'm like, Hmm, okay, well, there's something going on here. It feels quite nice. Like the sweet spot feels, it feels like something is different here with this racket in, not in a bad way. And, uh, and it like that, that kept like, it, there is some trampolining. It's, it does some things that I, I don't want in a racket, but overall, um, it's, it's also a fun racket to use. And it's a racket that I think, you know has enough innovation and new thinking that you're like you, you get like oh i'm happy this is existing you know i'm happy someone tried this that it's like doing something different and and i think that's cool like that's a cool product
1: you know and i like really admire how passionate the founder of bolt is and like he you know, some people put out a product and it might have some kind of gimmicky thing in it and they're kind of self-aware about that it's a gimmick. It, I don't get that feeling from him. I feel like it's really honest attempt at like serious innovation. And he's really passionate about tennis as a whole, like every part of it. which That was something that really helped me see that there was more going on to it than the, you know, Lackluster website and uh, weird paint jobs and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes you have to meet the people behind it. It's so easy to roast something or feel negative about something, and then you actually see what went into it, and you feel a bit differently. You know, uh, might not completely color your uh, expectations or your opinion, but it's still like even like when I sat down with the head guys like Stefan and uh, Ralph. You know, they they've been working with rackets for like seventeen, eighteen years for Head. You know, as engineers and uh, I could be like, oh yeah, I'm not super impressed by this new head. Like they're making minor tweaks to every racket. I'm getting like, a little bit bored. I mean, they're good rackets, all of them, but it's like not, you know, floating the boat so much, right? Uh, but then you meet them and you and you hear them talk about like Oxetic two and Oxetic one and and Graphene and, and like this and and other things that have been trashed in the pipeline or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like this is cool. Like this, like they are real engineers. They they love this stuff. Like it's, it's okay, that's it awesome. feels much better, you know? Because uh, because outside. From a company perspective, Wilson head, blah, whatever. Sometimes feels like, okay, you're just chilling out new products and marketing ideas to sell more of this product. But when you actually meet the engineers, it's almost like it's a happy sensation of being like, okay, they wanted something with this. Like what the marketing department did, uh, what they wanted from sales, how rushed the product was. That's one thing. But these guys were actually putting their heart and soul into the product because they're also tennis players and they also love rackets, you know? So... I think that was that's pretty cool. Sometimes can be quite eye opening, you know.
1: Yeah, when I spoke with the Selenko uh, engineer for the Whiteout, um, and one thing that I thought was funny, I was kind of expecting for that racket because I find it's quite unique in the market, like a more like holistic vision, like someone who had an idea and then went to go execute it, but it was like a totally different development process. It was very much. We'll make a racket a couple different ways. We'll group test it, use that feedback. There wasn't like a guiding messiah vision for the frame. It was very much group testing,
0: which is cool. Like, I mean, I think people sometimes don't realize how much they actually test the products on and off with different mm-hmm. types of players, different types, you know, of demographics to actually see that the product works uh so then it's like so i think you always have to humble yourself a little bit when you test a product you know it's not always easy because there's so many rackets being released or strings in one go uh, because it's like australian open or it's um you know play season and like oh now we're all gonna bring out new rackets but that was actually like a two-year process where the team did this they discussed the cosmetic it's like it's quite a complicated thing because it's a big investment behind the product. So it's, it's sometimes a bit too easy, easy to be like a content creator or whatever and be like, oh, it's crap, <laughs> you know, but they poured out so much yeah. heart and passion into the racket. And you, so, yeah, you have to find that balance of being like objective, like in a one way, but also understanding that it comes from a good place, whether it missed the mark for you or not, that's another story.
1: Right? What would you like to see out of like a Jonas signature edition racket?
0: Yeah, it's a good question like what would be i i you know there like i something i love about like if i would copy something it would be like h twenty two i like a lot but i would make it a bit more forgiving maybe like an eighteen nineteen pattern uh somewhere in between there and then tiny bit thicker beam i don't know um maybe lower weight i it's yeah it's maybe stiffer like i i would play around a little bit like there's some role model rackets h twenty two is one of my favorite rackets um p t f seven a so I would like to maybe try to make a pt seven a with a ninety eight square inch head that is right not too nudely and stuff. It's tough because I've realized over the years, it's like, you know, if you try to make, or you take like Andy did, you know, he takes the p that he likes the feeling of it, and then he tries to make it into a bigger racket, like with the head Prestige MP Lite, with that layup. And then it, and I know like Ilya Vashka was here, um, and uh, Nicky customizes rackets, and it is Andy's old rackets, or the oh. same rackets. Um, and, you know, we... Tr- you know, hit a little bit, like, you know, you felt it and they're like, ah, it's, it's it's a bit mushy, mushy, whatever you want to call it, like, it feels, it feels like you can't trust the string bed, you know, and, uh, and then the right. pros sometimes get crazy about it, like, I mean, he was dialing in, moving weights, like, one centimeter here, just <laughs> with the same specs, you know, it's like, oh, if I move the lead tape up a little bit, like, as the player, like, it's a top hundred player who's mm-hmm. that much into uh, gear, so there are these guys around, right, they, they get into it, you know, hardcore, um, but yeah, it wasn't like, it's a racket, you, you, you have a racket, and you're like, okay, this would be even better if you make it into a bigger head size. But then it doesn't turn into the same racket. Like, it's it's a tricky one. Like, I, I sometimes struggle, like, oh, I would like a 6195, but in a 98. But what is that racket then? Like, does it become like the 100 where it's a little bit too much power or a little bit too much open string? But It's, it's a tricky, tricky one. Like, you you've like okay, a 6195 in a 98, with 22 millimeter beam, that, yeah, that would be pretty good. Mid-60 stiffness, That's you right. know, it's like a bit yeah. stiffer.
1: Yeah, that, that would it, be good. I guess it's, it's impossible other than just to guess what spec changes would actually play like.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's such a mysterious subjective realm, which it also makes it fascinating that you're like, oh, the perfect racket. And then you're thinking in your head and you're, but you, you don't know how that would actually play when you're actually picking it up. It's like someone tried, might put the layup and the specs together for you. And here you go and you're like oh this was big disappointment i thought it was be play exactly like the old one but it's, something has changed so it won't play the same right so yeah i i i don't know it's it's a fascinating topic though anyway for you what would be your ideal if you could pick your dream frame
1: like i would really just like a uh, pure Arrow 98 or vs with dampening removed and a lower twist weight or something that would i would be really happy with that or even like a uh, more of like an extreme tour pattern like a little bit denser in the middle and then opens up something like that like i just i just i'm chasing like um aero pro drive original kind of feel
0: oh yeah it's the best that's one of the best like that one with the smaller head like a 98 aero pro drive original that's a that's a goatee frame i would say yes and uh, maybe slightly reduction in stiffness because then the stiffness will be very high with the smaller head but yeah that, that's another one where Cause that crisper feeling where, I mean, the, the something about the airport drive original was like when you hit well with that racket, it's just, you can't beat that. Like the sensation where the ball is going with some good pop on it, but it's still controlled. Yeah. It's just hard to beat. There,
1: there's something about with those, you know, two thousands and nineties rackets that has like a really kind of graphite kind of feel. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's been lost as, there's been more dampening, like we were talking about earlier, more variable flexing.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's a, I sometimes feel it with that racket, which is one of the best examples of that, even some 6195s maybe. But it's that like, it almost feels like the, the graphite kind of sparkles like water in the in the frame when you hit the ball. It's like there's some, yeah. some like, that's why you say crisp, maybe it's like it's, it's someone's eating Pringles or something is happening inside the frame that it's just had like beautiful sensation and sound, you know? that is tough to mimic it, there's nothing there it's just a graphite it's just the graphite working that's it you know poetic <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> well it's been an
0: hour and a half How are you yeah yeah i have fun? to go to dinner actually oh, uh, my okay my friends are waiting but uh, we can probably talk for 40 hours but uh, we will do that next time we can do a part two or something if yeah
1: it ready. was super fun um uh, it's an honor i've always wanted to have some face-to-face time with you since i was like a teenager so you're in marbella right yeah spain right yeah. now yes okay I want so uh, if you're if you're coming by
0: you know luca and you going on a road trip you know we'll, we'll hit some balls do some videos that would be fun yeah you know that's I, i'm not sure like it would be fun to go to canada for some masters or something but i don't you know I'm not sure when that can happen but I w- would like to go to, like, Indian Wells and stuff, but
1: it's tough. You, you don't get any press passes. You don't get, like... Yeah, you know, there's no cutthroat. Even yeah. even if, like, you're in Toronto, it's, like, so far. To, yeah. Like, it's six hours additional flight time to get.
0: It's here. a big place, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. So, Europe can be good in that sense. Like, if things are a little bit more nestled together, so you can take one-hour flights, boom, 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 you know, in between. If you do a Europe tour, like, go to Rome or like to play stuff here can be quite fun.
1: Yeah, I know my dad's feeling pretty uh, adventurous lately, so we'll see how his schedule opens up.
0: That's good. Well, nice talking to you, man. Uh, it's been great. Uh, good luck on the channel. I'm going to put it in the show notes and the comments as well. People awesome, probably already you. follow you, uh, which is, I think it's, they, these tend to overlap the audiences, which is, which is also so. fun. <laughs> it's a community. They'll, they'll love it. Yeah, they will love it. Thanks, man. You have a nice day. And, um, and we'll keep in touch, okay?
1: Sounds good.